Skjegel! Skjegel! Skalmel! Skjegel! Skjegel! Skalmel! I will uh, purchase a new pair of scissors if I break these. Oh, okay. <laughs> I said if. Oh, or maybe I, I said when. Said... I may have said, when. Oh, said when. Hello, everyone. We're back. Um, <laughs> and that will stay in. Great. Um, welcome to episode five of Skull, Viking Age podcast. I'm Luke Hunsaker, and today I'm joined with this guy. Nathan Cunningham. And this gal. Melina Chavez. And we're going to talk about the Vikings in Ireland this time. Um, I was going to hand off the hosting to you on this episode, but you are preoccupied with meat and sharp objects. What um, could go wrong? <laughs> so I have a list. <laughs> do you want to go? No. Okay. Carry All on. All right. So, um, so the Viking age in Ireland starts around, um, uh, 795 CE. Um, and that's when they just started to begin like raiding various places in Ireland, uh, monasteries mostly. Uh, but then later they ended up raiding inland. Um, and, you know, they had the, the long ships, so they were able to get pretty much anywhere there was a river. So that ended up working out uh, for them. Um, the uh, 806 raid on Iona, the Abbey, uh, that was like the first big one that was written about, like, they had talked about the It was Vikings. the Lindisfarne of Ireland. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, killed all 68 <laughs> priests, and it was this, I believe it's, if I'm remembering correctly, it's an island off the coast of Northern Ireland. That uh, was where the monastery was, and it was, like, I just have super a religious question. place. Is it always monasteries that they go for, or They're was that just by chance? Defend, there's well, no one there defending it, well, and lots yeah, of gold. But- it's like really low hanging fruit. Fair. It's low hanging fruit. <laughs> like it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything personal. Like Luke was it saying, was... it's you have a large building filled with very expensive objects, defended by people in robes and books. They don't even have daggers. They've got walking sticks. Yeah. Like I mean, this is easy. And they tend to build them in secluded places. Where so, an alarm can't be raised. Right. <laughs> or if it does, it doesn't really do much. So if you're sailing I down the see? coast, you see that. You're like, oh, yeah. The tactics behind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nothing personal. Nothing personal. Just They just like shiny things and easy work. Who doesn't like easy work? Well, that's true. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it. I mean, <laughs> but now I understand why. So if I'm ever driving with you by a monastery, I should just lock the door. Just drive past, drive past, keep just going. Just lock the door so she doesn't go, that monastery is not well guarded. <laughs> like, huh. Anybody else need to stretch their legs and get out of the car? No? Hand me my axe. Um, <laughs> do you frequently carry one in your vehicle? I do. You Not don't? For legal reasons. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a, a brave position to take, sir. Um, Depending on what kind of axe it is that you can say. It's like one of those little like foldable axes. You're, <laughs> just put a sign on it for display purposes only. Hmm. Like, this is an antique. 
Right. This is not a battle weapon. Not at all. No, we say you just came home from Home Depot. They don't need to know. <laughs> They're like, you bought a bearded axe at Home Depot? They yeah, sell lots of things at Home Depot. You'd be surprised. Like, just go down the aisle, whole new set of stuff. Just There's just shields and bearded axes <laughs> left and right. Their chainmail section comes later this week. <laughs> Can't wait for that. <laughs> it's for all the electrical work I've been doing. <laughs> um... So we move on to, uh, say, around uh, uh, 832 CE. Uh, That's when the big Viking fleet of 120 ships arrive uh, at Ireland's northeastern coasts. And, you know, from then, they're basically there. (laughs) Like, they live here now. They probably, if they would have had a flag, they would have sailed over there and shoved a flag in it and said, we live here now. Thank you very much. Um, it's a common strategy. Um, yeah, and they, uh, um, in 841, they, uh, the Viking settlement of Deflin was founded, which I, if I'm not mistaken, later becomes Dublin. That seems about right. Duvlin. Duvlin, yep, that's it. That would be it. Um, they created, uh, in 856, they created settlements in Cork. Um, we but settlement in this court. I like how we all look sure. at the same. <laughs> cork, you Don't say. worry, this Viking is fighting the Battle of Cork right now. Um, cork is winning. Yes, because the Vikings were defeated in Silgo, Kildare, uh, Cashel, and Cork ah. in 850. Or no, 848. Um, Speaking of which, in the off chance that Ireland ever sinks, do you know what part will be safe? Huh. Cork. Hmm. Mm. I'll see myself out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Back to Vikings. Um, um, so the Vikings, they also created uh, the settlement of Waterford. Um, it, in 851, uh, the Battle of, is it Dunalk? Am I saying that right? Yeah, Dunalk. Probably Dunalk, not, but we're doing um, it anyway. Uh, Dunalk Bay between Norse and Danish Vikings, which I want to go back in time and witness this. Um so wait, the two Vikings were fighting each, each other. other. Yeah, Norwegian Vikings and Danish Vikings were fighting Four. each other in Ireland. Oh, okay. Um, oh, this is where someone else gets to take over for these names. Arma? Yeah. Oh, that was... What happened to Arma? It got destroyed in around 852. Mm. Do we have any more detail on that? Or just that Arma was destroyed? Oh, let me let me look through uh, a little bit more. We'll get to that later. Then we'll I suspect to, yeah, if we have more information, we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This is our this is our bullet point timeline of uh, Vikings some of the in things Ireland. Vikings did yes. in Ireland. It was mainly raiding and destroying and founding Dublin. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, we have another name for you to pronounce in 869. Connacht? King Connacht. Yes. Or as close as we're guessing, anyway. Yes. Uh, he uh, defeated the Norwegian Vikings. In uh, 902, the Irish attacked and drove the Vikings from Dublin. Um, in 914, uh, large Viking fleets arrived at Waterford. Uh, settlements in Limerick and Wexford were built. Um, in 915, the Vikings attacked Dublin and took it back. I was like, get out of here. This is our city for now. Um in 928 CE, there was a Viking massacre at Dunmore Cave in Kilkenny. 
Uh, then in 976, we get good old King Brian. King of Munster, King Brian Baru, as I'm hoping not related to Ant Baru from a galaxy far. I believe it's a different spelling. Oh. Hmm. Um, Baru versus Boru. So in 999, King Brian uh, defeats the Vikings, uh, and a few years later, he becomes the High King of Ireland. And here we've got McBuckets, right? McBuckets. McBuckets? Yep. No, wait. Mal, yeah, McBuckets. Malmorda Mac Gaelic names are hard. Um, <laughs> they begin to rebel against King Brian, and in 1014, uh, the Battle of uh, Con- Contarf. Contarf. Uh, we'll go with that. Brian Baru and uh, and McBuckets are both killed. Yes. So that's our short synopsis. <laughs> yes. And bullet point of Viking involvement in Ireland. Which, I mean, if you compare it, it lasts about as long as Viking involvement in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in England with Lindisfarne, it was 70, 783 or so. They hung around for about 300 years and then were either driven away or just integrated into the greater culture. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, since again, Vikings are not great for writing down uh, things. Um, the uh, Norwegian uh, Ivar the Boneless was said to have, he was never killed in battle. And uh, the, the legend is that he ended up retiring and living out the rest of his life as a farmer in Ireland. So even someone like Mr. Ivar was involved in Ireland and so why was Ivar the Boneless special let's give a quick bullet point on that go ahead tell us why he was special no you you brought him up but you have obviously something to say about it no I just thought it was we should you know provide detail listen so all right fine we all know Ivar (laughs) we we know Ivar we know Ivar anyway uh, Ivar was one of the great Iceland era Viking heroes we don't know a whole lot about him. Boneless has been translated in a variety of different ways, not always just boneless. It could have meant, like, floppy. And we don't really know what it means, other than he was carried about in battle. Mm-hmm. But if he didn't have bones, he wouldn't make a very good fighter, so probably more of a leader strategist. But he was a genius in military strategy mm-hmm. and made a large name for himself before, before potentially retiring to a farm in Ireland. Yeah, and uh, I know that, so it was around 870 was when he disappeared from historical record. Um, But uh, yeah, both uh, Ivar and Uba were uh, leaders and commanders of the Danes uh, in East Anglia in 869, so that's a lot where that happened. And I've read that the, the... Again, the meaning of, of boneless could have um, could have been, um, you know, due to a, like a genetic disorder, right? Or um, just that he was seen as because he was uh, moved around in a cart in a chariot type thing during the battles. Um, so they say boneless could have come from his enemies that he wasn't up there in the shield wall with the rest of the generals. 
and that it was a it was a lack of courage thing when a, when actuality it was strategy, and that's why he's. I tell you what, I would give for a time machine. <laughs> it's like Ivar, let me see your legs. Right, I would go observe a battle, probably get an arrow in the knee as I'm standing off on the side. Well, then your adventuring days would be over. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. People just take my sweet rolls. <laughs> um. Hello, this is Skull, a Viking Age podcast where everything is serious. One hundred percent every time. Um, so yeah, let's. I guess let's kind of go back to like seven more details and go into a little bit points. more detail. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you were saying, in seven ninety five, the longships begin to raid various places in Ireland. Uh, in keeping with the pattern that they've set out everywhere they go, basically, uh, they just qu- do quick raids. They'll jump in, they'll jump out, they don't really stay to settle. They're just there to resupply and get out. Uh, They stick with monasteries, because as we were discussing, monasteries are really easy to attack. You don't don't generally have a standing army. You have a a bunch of monks who are very good at illuminating books Mm -hmm. and making beer and things. But aside from that, they don't defend themselves much and have a very nasty habit of spontaneously getting an axe in the head. <laughs> spontaneous axe appeared in his head. <laughs> Luckily, the Vikings were there to help, you know, take care of their jewels and goods after that strange, strange Spontaneous axing. Yes. Spontaneous axings happen. Matter of timing, really. Uh, but yeah. And as we've mentioned, like, the Vikings were really good at boat making. Mm-hmm. That's where they were. They were in boats. So they'd use them for long journeys, and they'd found, <coughs> pardon me, and their longships have been found in a wide variety of places, and, you know, some above water, some underwater, mm-hmm. and all over from Ireland to Denmark to Iceland, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. I think one of the great things that, um, you know, they stole treasures. Right. Lots and lots of treasures. So one of the treasures they stole was Ranveig's casket, which was from Ireland, Um <laughs> It, is, it was given on loan to the National Museum of Ireland, and it usually resides in the National Museum of Denmark. So, so they even, still even now, never really gave it back. No. You can borrow it, it was but a, we're going to need that back. It's a little finder's keepers at this point. <laughs> like, it's theirs. I mean... So we're, they're still Vikings to the end at this point. It's like... Uh, I mean, and, when you put it that way, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, name any museum that yes. isn't the same way. Yeah. British Museum. <clears throat> How much Egyptian <laughs> stuff is in there? Same with the French museums. They're full of stuff that's not theirs. Fair statement. Yeah. <laughs> but I love... That they let Ireland borrow it. Yeah. At least they were nice I about love... it. So I just did a quick search to learn more about Renveig's casket and uh-huh. why that's actually important. Mm-hmm. We don't know... Well, in the 30-second search, it's actually kind of neat. It's a little box. Uh, it dates from 8th century, as we are talking about, made of yew wood with decorative panels of bronze and enamel. And it has a runic inscription on the base that says, Ranvig Akistudasa, or in English, Ranvig, a female name, owns this casket. Hmm. So I was wondering if like Ranvig had been a saint or something, why it would be named Ranvig's casket. Hmm. It's named Ranvig's casket because... Someone wrote her name on the bottom and said, "Like Steve was mine, (laughs) right?" (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) But if that's the only way you have to identify it, it's as good as any. 
Um, so another another neat, interesting factoid about the the Viking uh, raids uh, from about seven ninety five to about eight forty, the Vikings that raided were the majority from Norway, um, and then the Danish Vikings came to Ireland probably around eight forty nine and fought off the Norwegian Vikings and then fought the Irish. Thought it was pretty cool. That is. I mean, a lot of people seem to forget, like, Vikings aren't this homogenous group. They're yeah. a bunch of similar people from a wide range of areas that had a tendency to live in areas that made them build boats. Mm-hmm. But um, they weren't all just one clan, which most right. people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, I mean, oh, they're all Vikings. No, you had your Danes, you had your Norths. Scandinavians, like, they all just kind of... All fighting for the same thing. Yeah. Do, Plunder. Do you want to talk about the uh, some of the first Vikings arrive in Ireland? Yes. So from mid-400 AD, Ireland began to go through a lot of changes. And from there, the Mo... What is it? The, the monastic, monastic movement. The monastic all the, movement. All those, all those swords, the monks. monks. No monks. Those poor monks. <laughs> those poor monks. How they had not enough. <laughs> they weren't poor monks. They were very rich monks. Well, which is why they got raided. Yes, apparently they were very rich monks, but... <laughs> I mean, they didn't see it as wealth. It was just very pretty and shiny. <laughs> and they needed to liberate it. Yes. Right. Liberate all that shiny. <laughs> <laughs> the movement arrived, and they started the expansion and the settlements all over the island. With no major towns in Ireland at the time, and the larger Irish monasteries became central hubs and a place for importance of this. So they became renowned around Europe, and their excellence in education attracted people. So with all these yeah. monasteries, everyone's like, ooh, that's, let's go That see. was a, another thing in that, uh, if I wish I could remember the name of the History of Europe documentary, but they were talking about the Irish, um, the Irish monks and how they just, you know, they were the... Um... I think we all heard that. Oh, no. We've it's been according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> um meet anyone <laughs> i'll have some of the less pulpy wise choice <laughs> strain it with your um, beard <laughs> oh um i'm sure it's fine. almost no, it's fine yeah um but yeah that the um yeah. the vikings or that the the irish were the monasteries were like top notch those were like the best you could get um mostly because of the seclusion that they had over there. Well, yeah, and part of that is that's literally what they did. They learned and they read and they copied and wrote books. So if you wanted anything, you went to a monastery. Mm, Everyone true. else was too busy no scrubbing and slime. read. And that was... <laughs> yeah, they did that on purpose did, as that's, well. Well, mm-hmm. that's where you got your education. That's why it was so popular. Like, people went there to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for them, it was just a way to... To at least get the foot up, I guess. Yeah. 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 So it was a big attraction. Brought a lot of people over and even became an attraction for the invading Vikings. So even to them, it was more... Extra shiny. Extra shiny, yes. But I'm sure it was more than just that. But the first group of Vikings to invade Ireland were referred to as the Fair Foreigners. And were most likely the Scandinavian. Mm -hmm. They had also settled in Scotland and would later become known as Gallo, Gallo Glasses. Right? Yeah. Yep. The Fiercely Mercenary Warriors, which, fairly named. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, that's kind of what they did. Mm-hmm. What? Monks learned, Vikings dicked. <laughs> <laughs> Vikings Vict. If I had funny names for these shows, that would be the title. We can do that, um, you know. We could. It's um, not too late. We've only done five. That's true. <laughs> but it was just, like you said, it was the hit and runs for the, yes, please. Just hit and runs of the monasteries trying to get the coast. Because, I mean, they were all on the coast, mostly. Mm. As you, it would be easiest to be. And by 1820, there are attacks in... The rest. The rest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, where did they stop at? So by 1820, their attacks intensified in a second wave of raids. So, you know, you do your first wave, see how things were going, everything was going great, let's do another bigger one. So the Viking warriors were larger in numbers, better organized, and better armed. They moved further inland and riverways attacking monastery settlements they came across. They also took many captives, shipping them off to trade as slaves. Yeah. And if those of you that don't know how big Ireland is, you can literally, I think, travel from one side to another. And how many hours did they say? I know. I know. Uh, I think they driving. said, no, dri- oh, I guess driving. Driving time, I think they said it was like the size of Indiana or something like that. Mm. Like you can get across fairly easily. So going inland for them wasn't going to be as bad as other places that mm. they had been. Right. So Ireland was the key place yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, and so the neat thing is also Ireland has a much better climate. <laughs> yes, it does. Than, say, Norway. The winters are much more mild. The summers are very clement. They have a lot of rolling grasses and hills and places where you can farm. Makes for a wonderful spot to stay over in the winter. So the Norsemen who arrived there decided they would do just that. And they built a bunch of wintering camps known as Longforts which comes from the words between boat and fort. <laughs> or shipport. <laughs> They're like, let's just put a boat on the land. <laughs> yeah, let's make it safe. We'll call it a boat fort. <laughs> really good at naming things. Nailed they were. it. Nailed yeah, they it. probably did. No. Yeah. yeah. That's how you keep things together. Mm-hmm. Nails, ribs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> yeah. So rather than travel on the seas during the winter, they'd allow the Vikings to stay there and get, you know, a loggerhead and actually hang out. So they'd use them as a base to go for further inland raids. Mm. And the neat thing about the long forts is they used the land to its advantage. They were a harbor port, so you could come in, beach your boat, and then they just built a big circular wall around it, Mm. and everything in front of the wall was a soggy mass of mud. Mm -hmm. Just basically a bog area. So if anyone came to attack, you'd have to slog through the mud, and then you'd hit a wall... And then you'd hit a Viking axe, probably with your head. Which is spontaneous spontaneous axe to the head. Which is also my metal band. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a great name. It's a wonderful name. name. Yeah. uh, Trademarked us. (laughs) Perfect. Cannot have that. No, and so that was, you know, a quick, easy way to just get a foothold on Mm -hmm. the town or in the area. And stay there. And it worked. Which is where, you know, people would come in. Most of them were only built to last a single winter. But they'd tend to stay there in the nicer areas. Which is where we get Dublin from. Or Difflin, founded in about 841. And just became a major trade port for the slaves who were captured during raids. Mm-hmm. People would come in, sell your slave, go somewhere else. And they just have a constant trade and it eventually became Dublin. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So during the 1970s, they were doing some excavations and discovered over 100 homes and thousands Mm -hmm. of daily household objects in and around Dublin, just based on that initial overwinter fort. Yeah. Um, I love this this name that they called, uh, that the Gaelic called the the Norsemen, uh, Fingal. Mm -hmm. It's fair foreigners, which most of them were, you know, Blondish, fair. fair complexion. Yeah, um, you don't get a lot of sun, so your pigmenting pigmentation tends to get paler. Mm. You get blonde hair, you get pale skin, and sunburn. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so in uh, eight fifty one, there was really a second wave, and this is where more of the settlers. It's like the first was his raiding. Right. And then they were like, wait a minute. Well, this place is Why are we nice. even leaving? Yeah. Yeah. It's like punk and post here? punk. It's mm-hmm. Vic and post Vic. Um, <clears throat> to be fair, I mean, if I was invading Ireland, I wouldn't leave either. So right. they're saying so, that these, the, honesty, yes. the new... Oh, the potato famine. Oh, there was, goodness, no. There was more um, raiders that came in, and these ones they called the Dubgal, the Dark Foreigner, to refer to the rival groups of Vikings, meaning light... Uh, and dark foreigner, uh, the meaning of light and dark foreigner is often debated. I'm bo- like, if we can kind of extrapolate the information that we had earlier about the um, Norwegians being the first ones there, and then the Danes coming over, I think we can say fair fairly certainly dark. that the fair foreigners were probably more of the Norwegian Vikings, and then the the dark foreigners were probably the Danes because they came and then immediately started fighting with everybody. Whereas the Norwegians had been there and were like, we're going to live here now. We're going to found towns. Yeah. Which I thought is pretty cool. Um, so it said that the, the dark foreigners, the Dubgal, arrived in expeditions of 140 ships and traveled to Dublin. Uh, their arrival was recorded again in the annals of the four masters. Um, and yeah, the, so the Dubgal were likely the Danes uh, arriving in Ireland to drive out uh, the Fingal, the Norwegians, and claim authority. So we mentioned the Annals of the Four Masters a couple mm-hmm. times. A uh, little background on that. It's basically a history of Ireland between the flood to the early 1600s, 1700s. Mm-hmm. And it's just a writ of history and things that have happened. Clearly all based in fact and entirely accurate uh, uh, based on that time frame. <laughs> yep, 100%. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, they claim they ended up claiming claiming kingship of Dublin and established alliances with other Irish kings, but at the same time they were also making enemies of all of the other Irish kings. Crazy how that works. I mean, right? all they were doing was coming Politics. in, raiding, taking <laughs> slaves, and pillaging, and people were getting so uptight about that. <laughs> Liberating the shinies. Right. Rescuing them after spontaneous access to the head. That's <laughs> probably why they were forced out of Ireland. Likely. Most likely. likely. So, Melina, I want you to tell me about these two Gaelic kings. Oh, the great Gaelic kings. The two great Gaelic oh, kings. Oh, the Gaelic kings. So by 1902, the two Gaelic kings. Gaelic kings. Mac. The gar- oh, <coughs> <buckets>. <coughs> In 902, the Garlic kings. The Garlic kings. Oh, I think we just decided to call him Mac Buckets, the king of... Mirkin? Mirkin? Mircian? Where's the Irish people? I, well, we I will say, need correction on the names because none of us speak Gaelic, <laughs> as you can tell from these horrible attempts I at pronunciation. I translating it. I swear it's King Buckets. Buckets tea. I'm pretty... I'm not sure. Buckets tea. Buckets tea. Buckets tea. 
And it's like iced tea of Gaelic. <laughs> iced tea. So of you're Gaelic. telling me <laughs> that the Vikings are now here and they want all the shiny stuff. So they spontaneously ax people and then take it? Yes, King Buckets, that's what we're telling you. All right. He's like, no, can't have that. Let's go. And King, what was it? Mile Finn. Mile Finn did Mike Flanagan? Yeah, that one. That's Michael. King Mike. Sounds King Mike good. and King Buckets. They launch an attack to the Dublin Viking settlement. So they're like, enough is enough. Okay, you guys are out. We let you stay for a while when you were nice, but everyone's fighting. So guess what? Playtime's over. Yeah, and they had a good 50-year run. I mean, a good 50-year mm. run, but in, I guess, I mean, they came and destroyed my land and then started getting fighting with each other. Yeah. I mean, it's like just having kids. You're like, okay, and playtime's over. And I, I do like that, you know, they, they got together and they ran out the Danish Vikings. And they were like, no, the, the Norse families that have been here, that have been farmers, that have been chill, you guys can stay. Yeah. You guys came over here and started wrecking shit. You guys can get the hell out. <laughs> like, well, it's kind I of interesting. That. I was thinking about that. I was re- reading some other books and how interesting it is when people come and they stay. Mm-hmm. And after a generation or two, and uh, let's see, Den- or, uh, Dublin was founded in what, 841? Mm-hmm. And this was in the early 900s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'd been there for 60 years. Mm-hmm. You've had families raised. There's You've more you're multiple part generations of the yeah. culture at that, at that point. point yeah. You've been established. People know who you are and you get used to them. So other people come in and kind of you can up. oust the foreigners mm-hmm. and keep the people at that this you know. Point, they're not foreigners anymore. Right. They live here. They're the neighbors. Yeah. They're your neighbors. Yeah. So, yeah. So Imar, the Viking king of Dublin, fled Ireland along with his followers who were half dead and abandoned most of their ships. Because <laughs> at that point... They were zombies. They, they, were were only, zombies. <laughs> they were only half dead. I don't think so they were the literally half dead. They were trade what people. Yeah. So the Norse families, yeah. they stayed. Yeah. So, so they, were, they were good. They, they were, stayed there. They but chill. it wouldn't be long until the Viking warriors returned to Ireland with a great force. Dun, so, dun, I know. Dun. To be continued. <laughs> That's what it's saying. But yeah. And yeah, but uh, yeah, so that's all we have. I know that's it. We could do two hour episodes of like just 10 years of the Viking Age. Um, so there's stuff that we missed of the Vikings in Ireland, oh, yeah. but that just gives us an opportunity to revisit it later on with more information. Exactly. And especially with these early episodes, it's a brief history on. Mm-hmm. And then as we run out of brief histories, we go back and revisit things in greater detail. Wait till we talk about Charlemagne. Oh, <laughs> Grandpa Charlemagne? <laughs> Papa Charlemagne? Yes. I am a blood relative. Oh. Mm. Well, you have some stuff to answer for, sir. Distant. <laughs> <laughs> Distant <laughs> relative. Twice we removed. Yeah. It's been a long line of uh, dilution since mm. then. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, you guys have anything else? Yeah. That's all I have. Right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you have uh, questions or comments or topics you want us corrections, <laughs> yes, or topics you wish us to talk about, uh, go ahead and let us know. Um, until next time, skull, skull, skull.